of you decided to go and start bad-mouthing the Chinese government? Uh, who here thought they had permission to say anything critical of Chinese politics? Well, it is true, sir. The Chinese seem to exploit their own people with forced labor. Shut the f*** up, Thor! You're here to flex and not think, you f- that is an enraged Mickey Mouse screaming at the various Disney-owned characters that they are not to question the Chinese government in any way, as uh, Disney is doing many dollars worth of business there. That's from South Park's recent episode. Timely, hilarious, and powerful. He had the general manager of the Houston Rockets the other day with a pretty tepid support of Hong Kong in a tweet. Just kind of a mild, hey... Here's on you, Hong Kong. We're on your side. That's about it. I mean, it was uh-huh. it was not a full throated, you know, criticism of China or anything like that. But that was still too much. Well, it, you know, it is. A, you know, the, if you understand what's going on, it's a pretty good criticism of China. But it would have gone away, and nobody would have noticed or talked about it. Um, but China was deeply offended that anybody in the NBA who is currently begging them to do business in their communist land. They're uh, horrified that anybody would dare criticize them. China reacted by uh, canceling a couple of uh, broadcasts and um, pulling Houston Rockets gears out of store all stores all across the country. They did that like overnight. Yep. Yep. Which is amazing. So the NBA responded by making a, uh, a truly disappointing statement uh, about um, we didn't mean to offend anybody. We're sorry. Valuable partners. Blah, blah, blah. But we love China. According to the Wall Street Journal, the NBA has at least a billion dollars at stake in China, which is quite a bit. Right, right. And then there was a backlash against that statement that was swift and hurricane-like in the United States, as it appeared that the NBA was siding with the communist Chinese against an American who said, yeah, I kind of like freedom. Well, Adam Silver came out this morning with a much more clear statement um, saying, essentially, the NBA is not going to police freedom of expression among our players, our employees, uh, etc. Um, we have a different system than y'all do in China. We, we don't police that stuff, essentially. And it's, you know, it's pretty good. Um it certainly does not in any way come anywhere close to criticizing China for the way they run their shop. And he makes the point that, hey, different belief systems. Isn't it wonderful that we're working together? Come on, come on, let us do business there. And I just also wonder if he doesn't feel like, look, we sent the message to our players, coaches, management, everybody. Message sent. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now I can uh, try to win back some of the American fans who might be bothered by the fact that we're pro-communist China um, by by sounding all tough in this statement. Right. I still would like to know the um, statement that uh, the NBA made to China. Oh, yeah, the translation issue. Right. Um, in which the NBA said, uh, we know we deeply offended many of our friends and fans in China, which is regrettable. An extra line in a Chinese version of the statement from the NBA, expressed, quote, extreme disappointment in inappropriate comments by Mr. Mori. So he went farther to say it was inappropriate for an, for a, for an employee of the NBA 
to say something positive about Hong Kong and negative about China. Who added that line? Did the Chinese add, add, add that line? Did somebody with the NBA add that line? That's not clear in Did the reporting. Did the guy who heads up the let's get into China office of the NBA add that line? Because right. his ass is on the line? Right. I, I, that's not clear. I think that should be known. Yeah, so there was that then, um, which is very interesting. And then China has responded to Adam Silver's claim. In which Silver said, and this this factors in, um, let me find the specific quote. Well, while you're doing that, the reason this is so important is not just the NBA, even though that alone would be enough. China's trying to send a message to corporate America. Look, you don't say bad things about us. You want to do business? You want access to our 1.4 billion customers and the billions of dollars at stake? You keep your mouth shut about what we do. Right. Or we will cut you out of the deal. That's what they're saying to all of America by coming down so hard on the NBA. Right. So Adam Silver in his official statement today said, Values of equality, respect, and freedom of expression have long defined the NBA and will continue to do so. The dirty commies responded as follows, and I quote, we are strongly dissatisfied, and we oppose Silver's claim to support Maury's right of free expression. Adam Maury, the uh, executive with the Rockets who started this. We believe that any speech that challenges national sovereignty and social stability is not within the scope of freedom of speech. That wow, was that's... a carefully written statement to all Western corporations. If you claim anything or do anything that challenges national sovereignty, as we see it, or social stability, which is their great phrase, their beautifully gentle phrase, which means our control of everything the way we see fit, um, then you are outside the bounds of what we will accept. So they made their statement. And it it's pretty clear. It's sort of like saying your whole free speech thing you've got in your country is is cute, but it, it ends at your border. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Precisely. If you say anything we object to in the slightest, that doesn't count under free speech. Not the way we see it. So I, I tell you what, this is a really useful moment. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the big corporations react. Sino-American relations, as they say on the universities. Well, remember last week, Michael Bloomberg, who had run a a run a a foul of the Chinese several years back when he criticized, he did a uh, his magazines, his newspaper, um, did a piece on corruption in China, and so they yanked Bloomberg out of China. They they canceled Bloomberg in China. Well, they're they're soon to be the biggest economy in the world, the biggest market. If you're a financial publication like Bloomberg, you kind of need to be in China. They booted him out. He's since gotten back in, back in. And so, so last week, Michael Bloomberg, Democrat uh, and uh, American businessman, billionaire, said she's not a dictator and a number of other things that are just ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um, because that's what our businesses are going to do. And that's a little scary. We yep. got to figure this out. Yeah, we love China. Now, luckily, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, who are the creators of South Park, they got enough money and they don't have to care. So China canceled South Park and they issued their apology for having uh, done an episode that made China look bad. Oh, my God, they apologized. They apologized to China. Like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. (laughs) We, too, love many... (laughs) We love to money... We, too, 
love money more than freedom and democracy. She doesn't look just like Winnie the Pooh at all. <laughs> Long live the great Communist Party of China. May this autumn's sorghum harvest be bountiful. We good now, China? That's hilarious. <laughs> One of the subplots of the, the recent South Park episode, which is easily found online. We'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to watch it. Um, and it's funny. One of the subplots is Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are in a Chinese prison, political prison, because Pooh looks a little bit like Xi Jinping. And uh, and uh, actually an American who's desperate to, to get business in China ends up murdering Pooh to please the Chinese authorities. Sorry, spoiler Spoiler alert. Um, There's a big story in China right now. A guy who uh, said something critical of the Communist Party last week during their 70th year celebration is spending seven days in prison, and they made that a big national story to make it clear. That's what happens hmm. if you say something critical. Yeah, there are... Seven days in prison. There are reports out in the last couple of days from all sorts of publications from uh, right, left to center, talking about the re-education camps in China and what they're doing uh, to their own people, including, you know, the the re-education camps for the ethnic Muslims and ethnic Kazakhs that are going on right now. They are sentencing people who took a religious class at age 13, who are now 30, sentencing them for 20 to 20 years in prison. Wow. 20 years. Systematic rape, men and women. Or organ harvesting. Uh, when you're released, you become a slave of the state. You can't make a move without permission of the government. And your uh, uh, your friends and loved ones are told you cannot see this person. You cannot meet with them. Um, they will ruin your life uh, for not completely kowtowing to the Chinese line. This is a terrible, evil regime. Yeah, it's evil, and that's all bad and everything like that. But I'm mostly concerned about the re-education of American companies. Is China going to be able to re-educate our companies to not care about human rights all of a sudden because uh, that's where you make the money? They may. They may pull it off. It's a deal with the devil. Yeah, it really is. Um, and it's absolutely irresistible. You know, it's funny. This is a bit of a tangent on a tangent, but I was reading about uh, millennials and their buying habits, and I want to get into the article damn later. millennials. Because it, it makes Ruining some... Ruining the world. Well, they're That's to blame for the sluggish economy. Right. It's not the parents who raised them. Right. Uh, but it's it's really... There are a number of different facets to this article that are just crazy interesting to me, including saying how stupid millennials are for having a higher saving rate. And how that's really screwing the economy. Um, we're condemning that now? Uh, but it makes the assumption that we need constant economic growth. Which I get. I understand why that is. I know enough about business and, and economies and stocks and bonds and 401ks and the rest of it to understand it. But it is kind of a funny assumption. I'm just looking at y'all right now. Everybody in your your cars, your own, wherever you are. What if the economy stayed exactly the same size and people were born and they work and they retire and they pass away and the rest of it and you rise up through the company and blah, 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 doing exactly the same amount of business. So you, as a personal economy, you grow, but the economy in general doesn't grow. Wouldn't you be fine? (laughs) Yes. It's funny how obsessed we are. But it's got to grow all the time. It's got to grow, even as we're not even replacing our population domestically. The reason it's really, really, really got to grow is our government's so broke they can't pay Social Security and Medicare benefits 
unless the economy grows because current workers are paying for future retire or current workers pay for current retirees. But yeah, we, well, you know what? We've we've uh, what a tangled web we weave when we run up ginormous debts and make promises to the populace we can't possibly uh, pay. Well, maybe you'll be perfectly happy in love with your uh, rubber doll. So there's a new documentary out. About the number of men out there that fall in love with these uh, plastic dolls, these rubber dolls, these mannequins or whatever they are. We're going to talk a little bit about that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This would be the love of my life, Shidore. I just held her at night and talked to her, and we got through that whole thing together. And I was really scared, and Marina got me through. I use the dolls just as a replacement for friendships that I wish I had. Okay. Oh, that made me sad. This is from a new documentary called Silicone Soul. Uh, people who are in love with sex dolls or have them for relationships or whatever. That girl there seemed to have a doll for a companion. And it's a substitute for friends. Anyway, let me read from this article. John expected his family to embrace his wife of 10 years, Jackie, with open arms, even though she's a sex doll. Wife of 10 years. It's a long time to stay with one sex doll. A lot to unpack there, as they say, including the doll. The Chicago couple has been living blissfully as man and silicone doll since April of 2009, when they were wed on an episode of the Jerry Springer show. Fantastic. Hey, you got to move to Florida or something. You're giving Chicago a bad name. We don't do things like that. A wee Chicagoans. A recent Thanksgiving dinner, however, was a painful reminder that others don't see their non-traditional union that way, says John. Oh, boy. One of the stars of Silicone Soul, a new documentary about the doting doll partners that will premiere this month. My sister-in-law didn't say so much as hello to Jackie. (laughs) I wouldn't either. (laughs) Um, Jackie, would you like some turkey? Probably not because you're inanimate. Is the thing. My sister didn't even say hello to my wife. <laughs> well, that, that did the fact that he thinks that and believes it and feels oh, that. Holy oh cow. Oh, God. Uh, my sister-in-law didn't say so much as hello to Jackie, says John, who declines to give his age or last name for privacy reasons. And Jackie had brought her a live orchid plant. Jackie didn't bring her anything, you weirdo. I'm yeah. sorry. Wow, wow, wow. Devoted sex doll spouses like John have fallen hard for increasingly realistic-looking plastic partners who in turn provide totally unconditional companionship, unlike their fleshy counterparts. Um, And frankly, if they had emotions, the feeling would likely be mutual for sex dolls like Jackie, documentary director, producer Melody Gilbert says. He treats her beautifully and takes kind of her out. Statement is that? I don't know. He well, you got to be nice to these people when you're making the documentary. They're sure. not going to let you into their yeah. lives. He treats her beautifully and takes her out in the world. He goes to the zoo with her and to restaurants. All right, I love the zoo. The documentary delves into the subculture of proto robot relationships, which are typically made up of heterosexual men who fall for fake women. Says uh, this psychoanalyst. Uh, doll owners have their reasons, and they aren't always purely sexual. 
John's first wife, for example, cheated on him, as he tells uh, people in the film, and he knows that Jackie would never. No, she will not cheat on you any more nope. than a stapler would or a chair or a car tire. That's uh, yeah, it's finally a partner you can depend on. Wow. Some men I'm feel... Watch, I'm watching you, stapler. Some men feel too hurt or rejected by women to try again. A person can hurt you. They can leave you. They might be temperamental. They have their own desires. And a human-to-doll relationship, the doll will always be there. That's just sad, deeply, deeply sad. I mean, Unless it has like a short circuit and catches fire. I mean, that'd be a rough night. <laughs> My wife caught fire last night. <laughs> what? Ash, short, short circuit. Also, one never has to worry about the messy complications of traditional relationships. Right. Says a Detroit man featured in the film who hasn't been who hasn't been actively looking for an organic girlfriend, as they call them, for the past eight years. He paid around six thousand dollars for uh, for his wife. And cheaper his, than a real kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about that. My experience. That. Well, I'll try to catch that movie when it uh, when it becomes available. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now you got to declare. I have an organic wife, by the way. My wife didn't. My my sister didn't say so much as hello. <laughs> no, no. Tell no. you what, she's not going to play along with your 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 problems. That's called enabling. Yeah, exactly. She's not gonna. She's not gonna let you believe that that hunk of, that chunk of rubber over there is a person. Armstrong and Getty. I don't want to completely reset what we were just talking about before we get to Marshall's news, but there's a new documentary out called uh, Silicone Soul. It's about people who are in love or in relationships with dolls, like your life-size dolls. They used to be called sex dolls, but it turns out it's not a sex thing for a lot of people. It's a full-on relationship thing. Anyway, we were talking about a particular guy, and we got these texts. Uh, First of all, I can't believe that guy's wife cheated on him. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Your wife cheated on you because you're the sort of person that would get in a relationship <laughs> with a doll. Grr. So the non-voluntary celibate should get a robot instead of shooting up schools. I'd agree with that. That helps any. Um, I hope she he never hurts her feelings. She'd be so deflated. <laughs> <laughs> well played. I remember the day I learned my Firestone tires were having an affair with a Toyota Camry. <laughs> and this is a pretty good question, actually. Does he Because he travels. Does he buy his wife doll a plane ticket or to save money? Do you just, like, I think he kisses her and sh- says, I'll be home in three days. Or do you just shove her into a suitcase and take her with you? Hey, just check her. I don't think they you fold up like that. No. No, the ones I've seen, they wouldn't fit. I think he's like a real wife. He'd say, see in two days, honey. But huh. what if they're going Give on vacation together? On artificial lips. Oh, well, You're not going to take your wife with you on vacation? On vacation, of course. You're going to buy her a plane ticket? I thought you were talking about business travel. (laughs) Am I going to buy my wife a plane ticket? What kind of question is that? Of course I am. I hope I end up sitting next to somebody and their rubber doll wife someday and get to strike up a conversation. Are human beings too. Right. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, while the controversy continues between the NBA and mainland China over an NBA manager's tweet backing the Hong Kong protesters, Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam is weighed in. She is warning the Chinese military could step in if an uprising in the city continues and gets worse. If the situation becomes so bad, then no options could be ruled out. 
Lamb is urging critics to accept the reality that the protests were no longer a peaceful movement for democracy. We are honored to have a number of people who listen to the show who live in Hong Kong. They've been corresponding with us. One of the things that a couple of them have said is, uh, I absolutely get the aims of the protesters and I'm I'm with them and the rest of it, but it's made life really difficult at times. As the uh, train stations are occupied, or the airports occupied, or the giant marches, and right. the cops are sure. and the soldiers, and yeah, I think you know some of the people uh, might be tiring of it, which means <clears throat> the Chinese authorities will find it uh, a little more uh, acceptable, easy to move in with a heavy hand. President Trump is claiming he would love to allow a key witness in the Ukraine investigation to testify, but says he won't because he'd be testifying before a totally compromised kangaroo court. Trump tweeting that Republicans on the committee have had their rights stripped and true facts are not allowed to be seen by the public. Now, the ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sundland, was scheduled to testify before the House Intelligence Committee today, but the State Department blocked it at the last minute. Trump pointing to a Sunderland text message in his tweet where the ambassador said there was no quid pro quo in his request for Ukraine to open an investigation into former Vice President Joe Biden. Now, as for impeachment, Trump was telling reporters yesterday, You can't impeach a president for doing a great job. You can't impeach a president for having the lowest and best unemployment numbers that we've had in 51 years. You can't impeach a president for tax cuts and regulation cuts. That's an interesting argument. Um, I don't think that's why they're impeaching you. But, yeah, I'm not uh, pro-impeachment. I'm, I right. just, I'm not yes. sure that argument works. Right. I don't um, know who you'd convince. Do we have the clip from Matt Getz, who's also a member of the uh, the Committee on Impeachment? What we see in this impeachment is a kangaroo court, and Chairman Schiff is acting like a malicious Captain Kangaroo. There you go. There you go. <laughs> a malicious <laughs> Captain Kangaroo. Now I'm going to have nice nightmares, huh? I have all those ping pong balls fall down on your head. <laughs> that moose. What's up with that moose? Um, if you're old enough to remember that TV show. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting that Trump went with Kangaroo Court, and then Matt Getz went with yeah. Kangaroo Court. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if they coordinated on with, that. With, with the gentleman oh, yield. No, I will not yield to this monkey court or whatever this thing this is. This is not a monkey court. Wait a second. It's, now it's a monkey court? What kind of menagerie we got going on here? <laughs> Facebook has agreed to pay $40 million to advertisers who said it inflated the amount of time its users watched videos. No way! Oh, and the click farms and everything. All that advertising's phony. Go with radio. It works. The San Jose Mercury News says Facebook denied any wrongdoing in the lawsuit settlement. The notice was filed Friday by the plaintiffs in uh, California court. Advertisers sued Facebook in 2016 over user metrics that supposedly measured the average length of time consumers spent viewing posted video ads. The suit said the time was inflated you by... You know how much time I've spent watching an ad on uh, online? Zero. Zero, zero seconds in my life. The lawsuit said that the time was inflated by up to 900%. Wow. Just rounding so out slightly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that helped convince advertisers to continue to buy Facebook's video advertising service. Yeah, it's funny. 75,000 people have watched our video in its entirety. You have gotten no orders. I'm wondering about this online advertising. 
which is a conversation that is happening all oh, over yeah, the country. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you heard about this little dust-up, but Ellen DeGeneres is battling back criticism of her for sitting next to former President George W. Bush at Sunday's Cowboys-Packers football game in Dallas. I just saw that up on the TV, so she was in the the box uh-huh. with uh, sitting next to W. Right. And a lot of people say, The internet went crazy. They were very angry. The internet was angry. She was apparently (laughs) supposed to immediately run over to the nacho cheese fountain and just dump it on top of W's head or something like this. Because he's on the other side of something. Yes. Yes. Ellen made light of the situation on her show, calling for a lot more tolerance and kindness. I'm friends with George Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same beliefs that I have. We're all different, and I think that we've forgotten that that's okay that we're all different. Just because I don't agree with someone on everything doesn't mean that I'm not going to be friends with them. When I say be kind to one another, I mean be kind to everyone. There no, you I'm go. sorry. That no, does, that's, you cut off the end. What Come she on. Say? What does she say? Well, she says not just people you agree with. She specifically addresses her easily enraged snowflakey audience and drives home the point. Where did that clip come from? Her that- show. Her show, yeah, she addressed it. Here, oh, you mean the, specifically, specifically that edit? Yeah. No, it came from one of the services. That's, yeah. that's interesting. We get that a lot, yeah. where the salient point to us is edited out well, by just some weakened other, in this case. Oh, no, yeah. some other Do you want the full... Well, yeah, yeah, just, it's, go ahead. I think it's because the drive-by media, and that's one of the great creations of right. Rush Limbaugh, love him or hate him, was the media just glances at stuff, throws a report at you, and then goes away, and they just want to keep it short. There's a short attention span. And so they leave stuff out like crazy. But, yeah. but just because I don't agree with someone on everything doesn't mean that I'm not going to be friends with them. When I say be kind to one another, I don't mean only the people that think the same way that you do. I mean be kind to everyone. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I appreciate her saying that. Yeah, she did, she dedicated about three minutes to, to talking about it and did it in a very good, funny way because she's very funny. Well, yeah. But it's just such a weird time we live in where you'd be seen on TV sitting next to a former president and immediately have to explain yourself. You betrayed the tribe. How dare you? You're with them. They're evil. We've spent all of our time and energy over the last several years convincing ourselves that anybody who disagrees with us is an evil, horrific human being. How can you be sitting with them? But it didn't I don't care which side you swing on. Don't buy the most heated rhetoric of your side. It just makes you look silly. How'd she end up friends with W? Have any idea? You hear the no, story? No. She explained how? Huh? No. Uh, she ended up in the... Uh, Jerry Jones' daughter invited her to the game. So that's how they ended up kind of sitting next to each other. Be, their and friendship she should have refused when she realized W was there. Yeah, as soon as she walked in, saw W, you tip over the nacho cheese fountain like I explained right. earlier. <laughs> and then you, you storm out and you, uh, you go watch from the concourse. Because I know that. You so, scream at him, jab your finger in his chest for a while and stomp out. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Weird. I wonder if we'll ever go back to a time when it's not like that. It'll take something that draws us all together. Or a time machine. Or a time machine. <laughs> a war, a cataclysm, that sort of thing. You know, I don't, I don't know. Meteor hits in the middle of uh, Michigan and wipes out 70 million people. Uh, take something like that, honestly. Nice. I'm just being realistic. Mm. That's my thing. I've got it's my the, hallmark, realism. I've got the financial bliss survey in front of me, among Ooh. other things we could talk about. What's that? 
It's a Harris poll where they talk about what makes you happy and doesn't make you happy with your uh, your finances and your financial security and what makes you nervous and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Kind of interesting. Compare yourself to others. What are your money woes? I like the word woe. I should use it more often. Other than when I'm stopping our horse. Woe to you. I say that to people who displease me. They say, what? <laughs> I said, woe to you. Mm. What's that mean? Uh, Never mind. But that, among other things, on the hey, what the, you watched the trailer for this movie? Yeah, the Silicone Soul. The people that were in love with uh, dolls. What did they look like? They look like normal people, or they look like weirdos? No, they look like people who who have suffered some sort of loss and are using this as a a poor replacement for whatever they may have lost. <laughs> Yeah, it's I like mean, so I, many things in the modern world, a drug instead of the real thing. I enjoy making uh, jokes about it because I find it funny, but it's uh, obviously quite sad at its, its base. There I mean, was one you get per- into it. There was one particular clip of a, an elder woman kind of fawning over a, a doll of a child. That really made me think that, Duh. oh, this is somebody <sighs> oh, just... Oh, that's rough. This is filling in yeah. a gap of something that happened horrible in your life. But even any uh, adult who didn't have that sort of thing, if if... Being in a real relationship is 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 too much for you that you have to have a substitute doll. To, I mean, that's just awful. Uh, it is, yes, and that's what I've been saying all along because I'm not as shallow as you. It's terrible. It's sad. In a related story, cat ownership is way up among Hispanics. Stay with us. Well, pet owner- Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. His fiance was able to get in touch with him on the phone when she saw our post on Facebook. She knew it was him. She contacted him and asked him if he had robbed the bank. And I guess he commenced to lie to her a few times. Anyway, she convinced him that she knew it was him. His picture was all on Facebook. He needed to turn himself in. So he went to the Houston County Courthouse and turned himself into a Houston County deputy. He was getting married, so he didn't have enough money for a wedding ring that he wanted to buy, and he needed to pay for the wedding venue. Day before so wedding. he married a plastic doll, or is this a different story? Different story. Oh, okay. Texas groom robs bank day before wedding to pay for ring and venue. Oh, that's, uh, that's a, you know, I love the, uh, the romantic gesture, uh, not so much the lack of judgment. Apparently, he'd been misleading people about his financial situation, kind of backed himself into a corner. Oh, golly. Don't do that. Wow. Increase in the cat ownership among Hispanics. Stay with us. Um, Big stories of the day. <laughs> How far will the NBA go? In, or, or the more important thing is, how far will American companies go to make sure they don't offend China and can keep making money out of China? Right. It's what was that headline you just mentioned off the air? Positive, Sean. It was uh, "Don't hate on the NBA oh, too much." From the Washington. Post. Oh yeah, yeah. hundreds of uh, hundreds of U.S. companies have sold out to China's regime. Right. Not yeah. surprising to me at all. They're just not as high profile as the NBA. Right, and uh, like a manufacturer of I don't know shoelaces or a distributor because you're having China manufacture them. They're not going to say or do anything that you're aware of on any level, so they can. Is get away with it the right way to phrase it? Um, whereas entertainment companies and uh, and the NBA is unquestionably an entertainment company. Well, yeah. If middle manager of your your shoelace company 
tweets out something about freeing the people of Hong Kong, it's very likely to get any sort of traction and attention on on Twitter or right. the internet that then brings the attention of Yao Ming to the conversation. Right. If the authorities in China find out about it, you're doomed. But they're right, unlikely right. to find out about it. Well, and if they did, the company, this small company nobody pays any attention to, would probably get rid of the guy. Oh, they'd and fire tell China, you We fired him, and we will not allow that on our company. And China say, okay, and we're going to put out on. a memo saying, do not criticize uh, the Chinese government in any way to all our people. Can we please stay in your country? Please, please, please. And they'll say... Keep begging for five years, and we'll let you back in. The Soviet Union never had this kind of economic might to get everybody to uh, roll over and uh, ignore what they're doing. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in world history. Roll over like a dog. Of note, and dog I've, ownership is up 29% in the past decade. I don't know how tied this is, but I've seen a lot of stories within the year that I've been paying attention to business news and, and investing. A lot of U.S. companies are spinning off their the the parts of their businesses that do business in China into their own individual corporate thing, trying right. to to move that from their publicly traded stock value. Right. So they can get away with it. Um, it's not Joe Getty Enterprises that's kowtowing to the Chinese. Certainly not. We would never. No, it's uh, you know Getty Time Amusements. With and my uh, my complete line of hand buzzers and, and, and <laughs> wax lips and uh, right, uh, Groucho Marx glasses, etc. Right, um, fun uh, stuff. And no big news on the impeachment front. So nothing you need to know today. Right? Well, uh, kind of, sort of. I mean, the 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 White House told that uh, ambassador to the EU don't testify today because it's a it's a monkey court or a kangaroo court, if you prefer. Um, and so he said, okay, I'm staying home. So Democrats are acting all outraged, and, and Trump is going back to saying, you want to have an impeachment? Have a vote. We'll see what happens. Yep. Harris poll, that's a good poll right there. Um, they did their financial bliss survey and asked a bunch of questions. Saving as a source of happiness. Two out of three consumers say saving money brings them more happiness than spending it. It... I appreciate them saying that. I don't know and if I, I believe get what it. they mean. I, I, it does me overall, right. big picture in right. the in the moment. It doesn't. I think they're defining happiness properly as opposed to momentary glee. You're, you're probably right. Um, I really like glee. Momentary glee is a good time. I'm not against it. Mm. Um, talking about people's current situations, eighty percent of consumers. I'm, I'm, we decided we're not supposed to give the number first, right? Yes. What percentage of consumers can cover their monthly expenses? I can, I can for now. 80% of consumers can cover their monthly sp- expenses, but only half. 20% say, can't? But only half say they are happy with their current financial situation, suggesting finding financial bliss goes beyond making ends meet. Well, yeah, you got to be able to put a little way. Just just being able to pay my bills every month is not going to bring me financial happiness. You know, it's funny. We have if always... If it does, there's something wrong with you. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, no kidding. You're a short-sighted dope. <laughs> it's funny. We've used the expression through the years, and you never really hear anybody else in media talking about this. Uh, I've often said, uh, you know, people will say, what's your goal? What's your career goals? Or what, what are you, you know, that sort of question. I always say... Not starving is an oldster. Why? Why is nobody frank about that? 
your life's work, your goals, your your saving, your earning, your career moves, the rest of it needs to be designed so you don't starve as an oldster or or not be able to afford your medicine. That's what we're doing, isn't it? I mean, you try to have a happy life and provide for your kids and buy them a bike. And, you know, all that stuff's super duper. But why is a society do we not pretend or I'm sorry, why do we pretend that we're not living for decades Longer than previously, and we sure as hell better look to not starving to death as oldsters. I think a lot of people don't ever think about it. Why? Because it's too scary? I don't know. I don't think it's that. I don't know. I, I, I just I've, don't I've think about it. I've always thought about that. It's this crowd of people that I'm, I'm, I'm paying my monthly bills. I don't understand your question. Can I whap you on the head? <laughs> I, know. I don't know if that I would know. help. It would help me. Define <laughs> financial security. Debt-free, 37%. That's a really good one. Um, Save for long-term needs like retirement and college, 24%. So that's a quarter, talking about what you're talking about. Just a quarter? Oh. Save for short-term expenses like vacations and buying a car, 10%. And spend freely, 17%. Well, that that might be an indication that... You're financially secure, but How a lot freely, of people like, spend freely and they're not financially secure. But debt free was the plurality, the biggest numbers, yeah. 37%. It's a pretty good way to look at it. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Jack, boomers are more attached to large dogs. <laughs> you have more than, pet statistics? Uh, younger. Oh, I got all sorts of pet statistics. If you get next hour, I get a little more on financial bliss to compare yourself to other people. And hopefully, you know, you're in a better situation and you can look down on others. And so I'm waiting for. And feel superior to it. Yes. Because feeling superior, that, that's glee to me. Gets me through the day. Absolutely. Armstrong and Getty.